Hello, you're listening to a spoiler-filled film conversation. Hooray! Hello, welcome to spoiler-filled film conversation. Hooray! I am Richard. With me today is Anthony. Howdy. And Abby. Hello. And we're hitting the beach this week with a summertime classic from 1989. It's Weekend at Bernie's, everyone's favourite corpse bothering comedy. Are there any I others? S- I was going to say, technically that's true, because is there another one? Abby, I remember before we started, I, uh, I mentioned Crocodile Dundee to you as being an 80s classic you liked. And what was it mm-hmm. you, you said about that that I then had a had the perfect rebuttal to? I said that there wasn't a lot of corpse bothering in it. And you said, oh, but there is, because of the crocodile and the kangaroo. Which is correct, but it, that is not the entire thrust of the movie. I didn't, so, uh, you know, in fairness, Crocodile Dundee has more corpses being played with than Weekend at Bernie's. It's not as much as this one, but it does fuck around with a dead kangaroo and a dead crocodile, so... There are corpse bothering things out there. I don't know, how bothered is a corpse anyway, really? Does it mind? You're dead. Well, that's the thing. I'm trying to think of more like zombie movies, like, what's Pet Cemetery? That's technical corpse bothering. I think it moves into a zombie <laughs> parody. Um, when, once the corpse is, I mean, saying that, Weekend at Bernie's 2, the corpse comes alive when music plays. So, anyway, we're getting sidetracked. The point is, we're doing Weekend at Bernie's, and. Um, there are lots of films called Weekend at Bernie's, so I'll tell you, no. um, mm-hmm. there's only one. And it was directed by Ted Kotcheff and written by Robert Klein. And it stars Andrew McCarthy, Jonathan Silverman, uh, Catherine Mary Stewart, and, well, other people. Have I, that's the main cast, right? Well, don't forget um, Terry Kaiser, who plays Bernie himself. That's true, he kind of is the best thing in it. And he, he gets yes, even better once he's dead. Mm. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Those are the people who made Weekend at Bernie's, and we're going to have a little chat about it, having watched the film. Um, I guess I should explain why I picked it. Uh, I like Weekend at Bernie's, or I did, mm. um, when I was a child. It was one of those classic, you know, go to the video shop, rent a movie movies, you know. And it was always one that, when you're young, it sort of stands out as like this, oh, it's about a dead guy, that's cool. That seems sort of naughty somehow to have a comedy about a corpse. But, um, so yeah, it was like a classic from the childhood uh, video rental. And then I'd watched it a bunch in the 80s. Well, no, would have been 89. I, I watched it a bunch in my childhood in the 90s. And then, I guess, forgot about I remembered it every now and again, but um, more like a dream than actually remembering it. And uh, I think we've, we've me and Abby have watched it. I mean, it's in our DVD collection now. So me and Abby have watched it subsequently. But, um, yeah, it was one I, I've always kind of... It, when you think 80s movies, I think Short Circuit 2, I think I think Weekend at Bernie's, though I think, I don't know, like what are other Ghostbusters, I suppose? And there's a big fall off uh, from you know Ghostbusters, Short Circuit, and there we get at Bernie's, obviously. But like, it's it's like a classic, right? In my mind, 
Is is it a classic for you, Anthony? Um, not this one. Like uh, apart, true to my my form of watching weird '80s sequels before actually watching the the, the original film. I remember um, renting Weekend at Bernie's too on on many occasions. Um, so I'm a lot more familiar with that one. Um, I think I've only seen this one once before this, actually. But I, I've seen Weekend at Bernie's 2 loads of times. So what you had in your childhood with Weekend at Bernie's, I had with Weekend at Bernie's 2, which is... <laughs> which is... Uh, yeah, Weekend... I'm sure we don't gen tend to do sequels very often, but I oh. think that may be one uh, that's in the future coming. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest, Weekend at Bernie's is an excuse to set up doing Weekend at Bernie's 2, because <laughs> though Weekend at Bernie's has its own sort of what-the-fuck-is-happenings going on throughout the film, and there's lots of questionable elements and bizarre moments, Weekend at Bernie's 2, by the end, the very climactic part of, like, zombified man with a harpoon through his head spinning at the front of a fucking runaway <laughs> truck. I mean, it really goes bananas. Yes. <laughs> they really take the piss with it. So that so coming into watching this this time, my 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 qualm was it, I don't because I'd seen the sequel Weekend and Bernie's and I knew it was more insane than this one. I felt it might be, to me anyway, slightly underwhelming because of that. Yeah. I mean, it's the classic format. Well, it's not, that's not a classic format, is it? It's the standard story. Well, it's not even. It's not a standard story. It's not like, <laughs> oh, you know, you write a, you, you write the old sitcom, one character's dead and one, and the other two puppeteer him as if he's alive. That old chestnut. It's the obvious place you go with it. And, of course, it isn't the obvious place. The obvious place is you literally... You don't get waylaid by calling 911 because a hot girl is across the way. You know, like, <laughs> so... We'll get we'll get into um, this, but it is more bog standard a story than the second one, which is uh, re- it's, clutching, it's, it's clutching a, at straws for logic. I guess it's a it's it's weird saying this, but it's a lot more focused than the second film. Yeah, it's it's a it's a simple concept. Weekend at Birdies, uh, if stupid. Uh, Abby, have you did you remember Weekend at Birdies at all? I did not remember Weekend at Bernie's at all. I have I had zero file before going into this, which was probably for the best. I know for a fact you sat down and watched it with me, so it obviously just went in one year and out the other. And, and I, eyes. I, and... I confess to you that I think it's happened again <laughs> already. <laughs> <laughs> I do find it quite hard to cling to the details. I've tried. I had to watch. Mm. It. I had to watch. I watched it, and then I went through it again to remember. Oh yeah, that happened. That happened. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of it is like the first uh, chunk of the film is getting to the point where uh, Bernie Lomax, the the titular Bernie, is is alive, and then at some point he's killed, and it's kind of from that point on about two guys pretending he's alive for. No real reason, um, but we'll get you know we'll get into the minutia of what happens. But you kind of just go well, okay. So these they find out the thing at the start. He's dead. They try and pretend he's alive for a while, 
and it just kind of ends after there's like a bit of dicking around in a boat and then the prop just goes oh fuck it we're gonna finish now <laughs> it really abruptly just it, like, it, it does it just finishes yeah. it just goes oh I can't be asked anymore I feel like a lot of 80s movies end with two guys screaming yeah sure <laughs> that's fair Wait. It's just like, oh no, the situation is repeating again. Uh... Yeah, I mean, that's the classic go <laughs> to with comedies, though, isn't it? Like, the farcical situation, we thought it was over, but it's going to go on. But with Weekend at Bernie's 2, it, it fucks around a lot more, and there's a lot more stupidity and, and nonsense. And I, I was just like, I was surprised how little content there was. Like, they don't, like, they obviously they move a corpse around and pretend it's alive, but. Like, there isn't that many bits to it. It kind of like, oh, the boat, and they're driving in the car, and they're moving it around the house. And, uh, oh, there wasn't anything else. Oh, does he go Does he go gliding in this one? Last week at a birdies 2 in it, where he's up on a glider. Mm. So there was loads of bits where I was like, oh, so when do they t- like tie the hat to his head and go in the bank? Oh, that's, that's Weekend at Birdies 2. So I kept expecting bits of Weekend at Birdies 2 to be in this one. Did you feel that way, Anthony? Because you obviously... Maybe not, because you knew what, what was in Weekend at Birdies 2. Yeah. Um, I, I did have to that, that somewhat um, was expected. I was certainly expecting higher stakes at some points. Um, but, like, you know how it kind of builds. Like, these kind of, like, comedies, they kind of build. They're kind of like, oh, well, you're new to the situation, so... Him just being dead in a chair is pretty funny, but then by the end, something extreme has to be happening for it to still be funny, and it didn't quite hit that mark, if you know what I mean. It, it didn't go ultra insane at the end, really, but that's mm. probably just because the end of Weekend at Bernie's 2 is so ridiculous. So anyway, let's let's go. I, I have a lot of qualms with the end of this film, Weekend at Bernie's. So, there's a lot of, why aren't there any repercussions for these boys? Um, so, yeah, these two chaps, who the film's uh, essentially based around, the protagonists are uh, Richard and Larry. Uh, also, it's quite weird to sit through a film where someone else is called Richard and everyone keeps saying Richard. <laughs> I just felt mm. like I should be turning around and going, what? But, I, I, you know, I, I, I had to get over it. Um, they work in an they work in accounts or something? They're doing the computerising of some accounts uh, for a insurance firm or something. It's really, really boring yeah. and office hmm. And Bernie Lomack is the boss of the... Is it like a named company? Do you guys remember? They did have the name up. I, I don't remember it, sorry. Dead Man Inc. Probably I think it was something really vague, like transatlantic finance or something. Sure. Well, that doesn't really matter, I suppose. The important thing is, it's summertime, and it's bloody warm out, guys, and these two dickheads are working at the weekend, because it's weekend at Bernie's, it must never be midweek. Um, <laughs> I, I was really like, wait, it's already the weekend, doesn't it? How is it going to... So these guys, like, discover a financial anomaly and take it to their boss. And it's like, wait, you have to wait a whole week to go see the boss at his, like, beach home? I was like, what? surely you should start midweek. But anyway, it's the weekend. And for some reason, Larry and 
Richard are working at the weekend. Did anyone know why? Because Richard... (laughs) No, I don't know. Richard is conscientious and wants a promotion. So it's if we work extra hard, we'll get, you know, we'll get promoted, hopefully. Hmm. Okay, I can. That, that's that's fair. And then, so you know, does anyone want to describe the difference between Larry and Richard? They, they make it quite obvious in this film. Yes, they do. It, to the extent of, would these people actually be friends? <laughs> um, but I, again, I feel like that's another kind of eighties uh, and nineties trope, where it's the kind of odd couple kind of thing. Which is not just that, is it? It goes back to like the dawn of bloody comedy doesn't it like laurel and hardy and stuff like that mm. but uh, mm. anyway yeah so we have like you said richard who's the more studious conscientious one um a little more shy and he you know he can't he can't p- pluck up the nerve to speak to the attractive girl in the office um and then you have larry who's the kind of slacker friend who's uh, got a bit more confidence um but it, like, yeah, but he's like the slacker friend. He just—he's um, not only like trying to goof off and not do work. It's almost to the point of just irritating. Where, okay, so you want to come in late and mooch about and not do any hard work. But like the whole setup of the start is okay. We're going late to work at the weekend. We're going to fart our way in, and then we're going to instantly fuck it. Fuck this. I'm going to go and sunbiv on the top of the building. And you go, well, okay, why did you come in then? Just don't work the weekend, you shit. <laughs> but, you know, they just, they it, it's to set up this, like, I guess Richard is submissive to Larry, and will just, if he snatches his work away and sets up a paddling pool on the hot tar roof, uh, you know, a provide, I know, there's like deck chairs, I don't, he gets like a whole beachy setup to go onto this roof and fuck around and listen to music and not do any work while Richard actually does look at the accounts. And it, mm. I just feel like, who is this Ben? And it's like, why, why do you, why do you have to inflict yourself on Richard anyway? Just don't come to work, and have a nice weekend then if you don't care. Do you know what I mean? Go to the beach, which is the system that they do. Just you don't need to be there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it, it's almost like okay, so Richard shouldn't put up with Larry, but Larry doesn't need Richard in his life. I guess he's the only person who will do as. Larry once, I suppose, is the idea. Mm, he's, his, he's his friend because he's the only person he can actually victimise. And I suppose you could argue that it is because of Larry that Richard ends up asking out, like, the girl. Oh, he has he all fancies. terrible advice, though. He's, he wants yeah. to give him confidence. Uh, but Richard... It, it, this I forgot how much this film focuses on trying to get Richard laid. Because <laughs> yeah. it's essentially... There's an attractive girl with pretty hair and nice eyes in the office... And Richard's shy and doesn't want to ask her out. So when he's forced to, shoved, shoved in lifts or made to talk to her, he fucks it up and says, oh, my, my aunt's dead. And I just go, okay, I mean, I'm sure people, uh, cops, as it were, in awkward social situations, but who is ever who decides to say my aunt's dead? Yeah, and it's... During the whole film, I suppose you're you're kind of setting Richard up as the lesser of two evils, like the, <laughs> yeah. the like the more sympathetic one. 
Um, he's willing to call the cops until that attractive girl is there. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but and yet he's. I'd, I'd say he's on par with um, psychopathic tendencies as Larry during the whole thing. I think where he really, because uh, Larry's despicable and a, a genuine psychopath at times. Once the you know the bizarre stuff gets going, but but I think Larry's like so mental and delusional that he he's not thinking of what will happen in future. He's always worried about the now. So like he does eventually ask this woman out on a date, and then one of the comedy situations is he decides to lie about living with his parents. So he's mm-hmm. trying to make out on the couch with her and impress her by like saying, "Oh yeah, I own this and I like inherited it all, and then I've invested my money and I have this cool apartment." that looks like, you know, uh, middle-aged people own it. And it's quite, you know, it's, it's moderately funny, and then he's trying to pretend his parents don't live there, and you go, well, in what... If this woman sleeps with you, she won't go out with you ever again, because she'll eventually find out this was a massive lie. So, it, But he doesn't come across like he's trying to get laid. It's like he wants a girlfriend, but if you've lied this much, you will never be able to cover it up. I think mm. that's what the biggest thing they have is they can't see the shortcomings and the stupid lies they they make up. So it's like these two mm-hmm. idiots are like, well, if a guy's dead, we could pretend he's alive. If I if I live with my parents, I can pretend they don't live there and that my dad's my butler. It's fine. No one will ever find out a clear and obvious blatant lies. <laughs> and that's what you have to buy into with this film. And I mean, I did like the scene with where his dad's like wanders into the kitchen in his pants and is like, uh, oh, all right. <laughs> like, and they're like, oh, and then he starts. Richard starts saying, oh, um, Jeeves or whatever, lay out my suit, and the dad's just like, I'll fucking lay you out in a minute now, <laughs> and it just spoils the lie, and you know, gets her scared it, uh, to the point where she probably should never see them again. But okay, but I, I mean, I do like these contrivances, right? Don't get me wrong when I slag them off. But uh, Abby, are you? Are you feeling? Were you feeling early on like these bell ends are going to wind me up? I know you're a fan of um, what's his name, the blonde kid, the guy, Andrew McCarthy. Yeah, you're a, you're always a Andrew. You're it's like very generous Andrew. to call him. Yeah, but kid. It's because they're kid? knobheads. <laughs> they're, they're immature. He's he's particularly immature. A guy, oh, if you want. Yeah, totally. They wear shorts and like act like schlubs. You know, they they seem like children. That's the thing. Andrew McCarthy is quite a charismatic actor, but I don't think I've ever seen her in anything where he didn't play someone sort of like just, just fundamentally a little bit sleazy. Just mm. he sort of torpedoed his career in the nineties. He never really recovered from not making it anywhere, did he? He just sort of fizzled out in the nineties. You guys think? Because mm. wasn't he part of like the Brat Pack at the beginning? Yeah. But then a lot of them aren't hugely famous now. I mean, they turn up from time to time. Well, that's the thing. The Brat Pack didn't really exist. It was a collection of young actors who all came up about the same time. And some of them were affiliated with each other because they made certain films together. But then basically a whole generation was lumped into this Brat Pack of, oh, all of these guys are going to take over Hollywood, when it was just some actors. Yeah. Mm. It's like uh, basic. Oh, um, what's the what's the main one that's like the 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 movie that everyone likes about detention? The Breakfast Club. I was gonna say that, but I was like, wait, Breakfast at Tiffany's Club is that what it's called? <laughs> no, yeah, the Breakfast Club is like 
everyone that's like the I don't know the original American Pie or the 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 quintessential is it John Hughes right? Mm. It's kind of the eighties movie for teenagers high school. It's the it's the high school story that everyone has heard of or, or loves. And I think people just assume all the actors must hang out with each other all the time. They're no they're they're no pussy posse. Uh, so <laughs> I guess they. I mean, the Pussy Posse, most of them have gone on to awesome things, good careers for the most part. I mean, mainly Leonardo DiCaprio. Not so much Tobey Maguire. But anyway, I don't, don't know why I brought up the Pussy Posse. <laughs> oh my god. don't even know why I'm saying that. So, but maybe it's just um, you know, getting cast in some big stuff doesn't guarantee you a, a endless career of success, I guess. I don't know. No. What What were the other kind of... Like, he was in Mannequin. Is he in um, Science? Is that him? No. No, I don't... No, I don't think so. Abby, can you do some suggesting of what he was actually in so we don't... Was he in Lost Boys? Was that one of them? What's, no. What's that film you like? With I like the guy, the guy from Two and a Half Men. Oh, that's the guy from Pretty in Pink. Yeah, he was in that, wasn't he? Was he? No. Maybe he's not I'm in anything. He's not in anything, Abby. He's in Mannequin and this. That's why he's not successful. <laughs> Two of the most terrible 80s films ever. Both of which I saw the sequel to first. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Again, the sequel to Mannequin is absolutely ridiculous. Is there a Pretty but... in Pink too? Pretty in Purple? Ugly in Pink. No. Oh, he went into directing. I didn't know that. Has he directed anything good? Orange is a new black. That's fair play. Hmm. I guess we can stop worrying about it. Yeah. <laughs> His first film was Class, which is quite famous, but it's not one I've seen. So Elmo's Fire, he was in Pretty in Pink, Mannequin. He's in Less Than Zero which I haven't seen, so I can't tell you how much he's in Less Than Zero. Of course he's in Pretty in Pink as well. Like he's like, It's because I think of the guy who's in Two and a Half Men, who's like the mm. lame like boyfriend sort of... Well, he's not, he's not... Oh, fuck. I remember Pretty in Pink. I just forgot him. <laughs> That's all. He's the love interest, so I should have remembered. But yeah, Abby, sorry. He's on. in a film in 1994 called Dead Funny. I was just looking that up, and in that he plays a corpse. Ironic. So, full circle. Oh, Jesus. I don't don't know. Like, in this, he's obviously meant to be uh, an obnoxious slacker guy, and then Richard is the sort of put-upon, going-along-with-it guy who should know better but doesn't. And he's meant to be more sympathetic, but they're both a pair of knuckleheads, one way or the other. Oh, absolutely. I fucking hate them. (laughs) Yeah. Not even when, like, Larry does his little nick in the accounts and running away and then does that thick, cool thing on a chair and then he does, like, a replay of him jumping and he's the right card. He's hilarious. How can you not love him? I just don't love him. <laughs> They're very... If, if the film had taken a, a completely different tangent into another 80s choketacular, then that kind of character... It's, it's usually reformed. There is no reform in this. The sequel relies gets... on it. Like they, If you thought they were terrible in this one, 
<laughs> oh my god. But yeah, they, like you need... Okay, so if these two knuckleheads get into trouble, because they could be sympathetic, they are essentially uh, in a situation where they're going to get potentially bumped off by a hitman. And, uh, you know, it's essentially their good luck, Bernie's bad luck, that means that doesn't happen. But it could be that their lives are in danger and they genuinely do have to keep up some sort of charade to save their lives. But it, it's clearly talking and obviously the the ravings of lunatics uh once they are onto the conspiracy but maybe we should uh talk about how we get there first before i allude to things that are wrong with it um so they're obnoxious right everyone agreed yeah, <laughs> but... yeah and, and, and like weirdly like i said before like they're setting up richard as the kind of slightly more innocent party in the whole thing like you know, just kind of going along, but because of his constant like lying, and particularly with his relationship with um, uh, the woman, uh, what's yeah, her name? In... T- Tina? No, that's that's um, that's his. That's Bernie's girlfriend. Um, uh, Gwen. There you go. Just, I'm just constantly lying to her, and I don't know. I think for me, he comes off worse. Like even though. It's uh, uh, Larry's idea to, like, you know, string up Bernie's corpse to make it look like he's waving and stuff <laughs> like yeah. that. It's like he, he comes off as slightly better because I don't I don't really know. It's like He's owning the fact that they're manipulating a corpse and exploiting yeah. a, a situation, isn't it? Whereas Richard, mm. it's like you're too much of a coward to stand up for morality and ethics and yourself. <laughs> you're too much of a horn dog to be, you know, cons- rational and reasonable, and to you know. So yeah, I, guess, I think I think you're right. I think Richard is the worst one, despite Larry being actively obnoxious. Mm. But they're a couple of friends. It's a hot weekend. They've found an anomaly in the paperwork, or Richard has, and obviously Larry's gonna, you know, take some credit because he's a dickhead. Um, but essentially, the important thing is. They've discovered uh, that someone's death or life insurance or whatever, there's one account that's come out several times, and it's essentially Bernie or his company uh, embezzling money, but they don't know it's Bernie, so they take it to him, he's their boss, uh, like on the Monday or whatever. And so I guess the the way they set up Bernie Lomax is, uh, you know, he's a big fat... No, he's not big fat, anything. He's your kind of playboy, like millionaire type isn't he he's he's not really doing any hard work himself he's got a nice office and everyone else does the work and he presumably hobnobs with people and he's the he's the boss but he, he's not a hard-working boss he's sort of all about parties and you know having a nice time i mean he's, he's embezzling money after all so they go to him they they they're like you know underlings who don't matter, so he can dismiss them and say, "Oh, listen, guys, just another you know another time." There's a lot of delaying and and waiting, but they they do eventually see him uh, in a meeting, and he like keeps fucking off, and they they like, trying to explain what the problem is, and there's a little bit of comedy of like the divide between their bo- the boss and these little pathetic dudes who are trying to you know get a raise or point out the error. Did you guys uh, enjoy a live Bernie and all this sort of uh, business in the office and ar- around the place? Well, he didn't do much. Well, like, well, he was just, he wasn't alive for very long. But when he was alive, he was just sort of a yuppie. But he's mm. a under like 
you don't get a good sense of his character other than, you know, he has a connection to the mob and he's in some trouble because he's been found out. He doesn't tell them that, obviously. But, you know, he... Bernie initially is like, oh, guys, uh, this is really great. I mean, are you sure? Look, there's a mistake here. No, you're wrong. You're, you've embarrassed yourselves. And then Richard like points out why, no, no, we have found something that is legitimately being embezzled. There's billions of dollars that gone astray. And so when Bernie Lomack is like, oh, fuck, I'm in trouble, he plays it cool and is like, oh, come see me at my fucking beach villa. And, uh, you know, we'll have, we'll have a chat and talk about it. You, you can have a nice time and I'll take you back, blah, blah, blah. But we, we find out, basically, Bernie's connected to the mob and is also banging the wife or girlfriend of the mob boss that he's in business with. Yeah. But he doesn't love her. He's almost like he's a bit of a fuck-up. <laughs> like, he, just doesn't, he doesn't come across like a complete fool, but he's in a lot of trouble and can't sort it out himself so it needs the mob to murder these guys because they found out about the money. But unfortunately, he's having sex with the mob boss's wife, so it's not going to work out how he wants, right? Yeah, I suppose the implication there is that they are in on the insurance scam, but it's never stated. I think think they're criminals, and they're working with Bernie, so they're all... Yeah, they're involved in some way. It's not, like, obvious... Or clear. Mm. But yeah, there's a couple... They basically get one scene in, like, a restaurant where Bernie's, like, talking to, like, the mob boss is, is and his two other guys. And it's essentially they they got their contract killer hitman there and they got, like, another guy to make up the numbers and the girlfriend. Mm. And, like, uh, as soon as Bernie explains that a couple of knobheads at work have found out about the accounts were, were in trouble, even though it's him mainly... Uh, and he wants to get them killed. They, the mob boss basically decides, no, nah, I will kill Bernie, he's a dickhead. Plus he's screwed my wife. And they, he's very, you know, the girlfriend is kind of obviously, like, I think he, she goes out and like, oh, she's like fondling uh, his balls with her foot under the table and making it really clear that uh, they're having an affair. For some reason, she doesn't seem to mind that the, the her kind of, a man that could, <laughs> presumably a mob boss sociopath could easily kill her as well. She's, being quite obvious about it, yeah? Mm. So, I mean, Bernie's a sleaze. That's some uh, X's in, in, against him, I suppose. Is there anything else we know about Bernie before he's, you know, lethally injected and left for dead? Everyone loves him, apparently. Yeah, in that classic, you know, if you've got a big old beach house mansion and you let everyone come and party in it and basically hand out drugs like candy, mm. are you going to be well-liked? I suppose but so. Maybe by wanker, middle-aged yuppies and, you know, beach babes. Can't tell that someone's a corpse. <laughs> In fairness. That was one, one of the few things I could believe is a bunch of people coming to a party would not bother to check if the horse was alive. <laughs> they don't give a fuck. Mm. They're caught up in their own world and drunk and anything else. Anthony, did you like Alive Bernie? Did you feel like they made him an appropriate bad guy? Did you have any sympathy when he was dead? Yeah, yeah, he was fine. He played being alive. <laughs> he played being alive pretty well, I suppose. Uh, he, suited mm-hmm. the part. he suited the part, certainly. Um, although, you know, I'm pretty sure he was chosen for his performance as a corpse. And his moustache, which is tremendous. <laughs> it is spectacular. Um, no, 
Oh, you know, he, he, fit, he fit the part well. And and you do... Like, he is, like, a, a terrible sleaze bag, but I, I did feel an ounce of remorse for him. Like, when he's getting himself into these situations and then he ends up being, like, killed off. Yeah, but, you know, he's got to... He's got to be the cops, otherwise there's no film. So, mm. I mean, I don't know. Like, it, I, well, I quite like the way they did it, where he's sort of back. Like, so he's he's preemptively set it up. So, at the weekend, these two guys who know about the embezzling are going to come to his beach house, and they're it's like slightly naive, low down the, the ladder in the corporation, dudes. So they're just going to be excited to be there. They're going to be like, you know, not thinking about the crime at hand and so there should be easy sitting there should be uh, sitting ducks and basically Bernie's panicking because he wants to set a suicide note and make it so that he's covering his ass and he's not there when they get killed um, but the hitman turns up early and I like that he you know he doesn't just shoot him in the head or anything because then you'd have a bloody corpse and you couldn't puppet it around like a bag of meat but you know he just just goes like oh pass that thing or whatever and like ejects him in his ass, and then Bernie's dead. And hey, we can have some corpse fun now. So I did like the way the hitman did it, and I liked that he was off. He put his priest collar on because I, I guess like, he's yeah. disguised. I did like. I think I did like the antics of the hitman uh, the most, other than like um, Bernie's excellent performance as a corpse. I think what was good, the one farcical element that worked was. Okay, so the hitman uh, killing Bernie and then thinking he's alive again and having to mm. come back and kill him, that's a good concept. Like, if you are going to base your film around the idea that we're going to pretend the corpse is alive, then the hitman coming back and getting more and more frustrated and almost getting to a, a Daffy Duck level of crazy by the end where he's like, I swear to God, I've I've rejected him, I've strangled him, I've definitely killed this fucker, and yet he seems to be driving a car or walking about and stuff. I liked... That idea, I thought that was one of the stronger elements of quite a flimsy concept. Yeah, and I did enjoy uh, coming back with different costumes and things. And I, th- I suppose that works because it makes slightly more sense than all the other antics going on because he's always at a distance, or like he's told over the phone by someone else that Bernie's still alive, or he sees him from a distance from a boat where it looks like he's walking, kind of thing. And he doesn't make any bad decisions. He's mm. just trying to get away with a crime. Like, it's our protagonists are the ones that are absolutely psychopaths and insane and, like, completely without any redeemable qualities. So, yeah, that's the thing. So, the two knuckleheads turn up and they basically uh, find... Where do they find Bernie? Because he's sitting down in his office initially, right? Isn't he? Oh, they, they even try and walk... This is If he'd have just been on his couch... They could have plausibly not thought he was dead initially. Mm. But he's in his office, and they're like, oh, he must be drunk. We won't check his pulse. We'll just try and get him to wake up and then drag him to a couch. Is that what they do? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) I mean, okay, so he's a bit drunk and wasted, so you drag him to the couch and you don't notice he's dead. In fairness, you're not expecting a dead guy. That's fine. And yeah, I suppose, you know, one 
weird antic, and then you find out he's dead. Plausible enough. <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't lost me yet. You haven't lost me yet. Oh, he's not supporting his own weight at all. Has no breath, and is presumably going cold quickly. But sure, sure, he's, fresh, he's a fresh corpse, sure. He's on the couch, you're chatting with him. He's a bit wasted, he's a bit of a partier. And then, what? what is it that tips them off? Like, they actually, like, sitting next to him... And I think I think he, he uh, I think Richard actually does pull out like a uh, a mirror or something and holds it up to his breath. to his mouth yeah or lack of breath yeah that's it and then they test his pulse and re- like they real at least they realise he's dead uh, before too much dicking around happens I, I, I I'm, I'm okay with it so far and then so they realise he's dead they kind of have the revelation and then I quite I kind of like despite it being stupid I kind of like Larry. Being like, oh, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. He's making out he's the victim. Mm-hmm. He's like, doesn't give a shit about the fact that his boss is dead. He's more concerned with their weekend being ruined, all the bragging he's done coming undone. And then Richard is more concerned with like, oh Christ, we're going to be in trouble. With like, are we going to be interviewed by the police? Or like, they're they're both worried, but for different reasons in a way, aren't they? Like again, I still, it's not too bad yet. As long as they call the police, it'll be fine, right? Then now is when they call the police, and obviously, while they're waiting for the police to come, oh no, they don't call the police. At I think all. before I think before they have the chance, that's the party come in. I think it's very soon after, at least. So you're still in. You're like, okay, spontaneous party comes. It's a bunch of yuppies and twats who hang around. I think. Did we get like Bernie's? Someone nicks Bernie's keys, or oh, no, no, it's just a woman turns up to borrow the keys for a boat to set mm. up the boat later on. But basically, a, like a big wandering party occurs. Okay, and then so it's, the place is full of people, and we get a bit of people not realizing his dead jokes, right? Yeah, and like I get the satire of it of like just party people coming in and only being concerned with it being a party and not really caring about the person who's running it. They're just happy to be there. Yeah, a lot of, talk, of talking to him, not getting a response, but interpreting it. Like, you know, there's a few nice jokes where, like, I think there's a guy in tennis clothes who's trying to buy Bernie's Porsche, and then just at the moment where, like, you know, Bernie needs to respond, someone shoves a cushion and his head moves, and the guy interprets that as an answer, or I'm ignoring you because the answer is no, I will not sell for 30000 40000 mm. or whatever. And there's enough, like, loads of people are like, oh, hi, Bernie, Mwah. oh, you got those, like, drugs in your pocket that have that been planted on you, I'll take them for convenience, and uh, whatnot. So, I kind of enjoyed that stuff. It's like, it still hasn't gone wrong, I guess. It's like, while the party's going, okay. And the guys are like, oh, shit, if we let someone else discover the body, it's not our problem, right? That's fair. You might do that if you're a bit of a bellend, isn't it? Hmm. Abby, were you buying this? Would you be the person who's like, let other people discover the corpse? Was this? Did you or did you enjoy this kind of silly business? I don't think I enjoyed any of that silly business. <laughs> Not even you know, <laughs> people <laughs> interacting with Birdie despite the fact he's dead and not noticing. Like, come on, there's a little bit. Of, isn't that funny? There's I. I give it some credit for satirising that culture of people 
where they're so wrapped up in their own narcissism that they mm. don't even notice that someone is dead. Yeah, a bunch of you know half drunk yuppies who are all vac- uh, who are all vacuous cunts wouldn't notice. That's yeah, you know, it's like a nice little bit of a joke. Did did you think that uh, once Bernie was a corpse, there was a lot of like, like as I I was impressed. The thing that I liked was I was impressed with the corpse acting. It was like it was not 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 that it was believable that he's a corpse because a lot of the time his head is up despite the fact that it should be lulling over. But the way that they the three of them moved together whenever they were trying to manipulate Bernie or like did you did you appreciate the acting job that is not acting at all? When you put it like that it's confusing. Yeah. But, <laughs> yes, what he did do was good. It's like it's it's you know, it's creative to come up with the, the little bits they did. And it's also it takes a good knack to get the comedy timing down of like having your arm and head flop the right way to look natural but also fall into the nice next moment and like I thought all that stuff was that worked quite well for the most part. Where they're just trying to get get away with the fact that Bernie is dead, but you know like there's an element of moving Bernie initially but without really just tying your shoelaces to him and walking him around. At that point you're like, You're fucking crazy, what are you doing? But you know, a little bit of playing around. I thought I thought they all worked as a trio. Getting that principal idea of the whole film, that was the best bit because <laughs> it was fun watching a guy act like he's dead. I thought you know that's that that's the important thing to get right. But what was the what was the moment where you go oh, fuck off? Because for me, I think it is at the party when everyone comes in. You've got a second chance. Okay, you didn't call the police. You didn't have time, perhaps. This is when you quietly leave the party, go down the beach, you're not there. You're not involved when someone eventually screams and calls the cops, right? Yeah, because none of those people would have remembered them in the slightest. Even if someone was like, oh, weren't there two guys coming to visit Bernie? Like, it's not like they killed him, and there wouldn't be any proof. I mean, they've touched the corpse, maybe fingerprints, but fundamentally, see you later, innit? You've discovered Mm. a corpse, see you later. The corpse has been discovered at the party... We're getting out of here. Not we're going to stay for champagne and to see if we can get laid and have a good time. And like even Larry's like trying to justify things like it's what Bernie would have wanted for us to stay here, pretend he's alive, and benefit from his lavish lifestyle. For me, just the bits where I tuned out were the bits between uh, Richard and Gwen, personally. Because, I don't know, I just didn't buy any of that relationship like oh. after after their like kind of first meeting, like Gwen should have just been like, "Oh, it's you, forget you," kind of thing. Your mama too, and you're naked in his pants, daddy. Yeah, and then all that kind of just bland romance going on. It's she's only really there to be at every point that Richard's like, "Right, I'm literally calling the cops. It's gone too far. We should, you know, at least tell them there's a corpse here." Like he goes. Oh wait, the woman I fancy from the office who I've probably should have already blown in my any chances with. She's here. I should go chat to her on the beach and hang out and go up lighthouses and do anything but deal with your dead boss. Just mm. we could just leave the corpse. We need to for some reason we're going to pretend it's alive most of the movie, but most of the time we can just fucking leave it somewhere. 
and not worry about it washing up on the beach or being found in a fucking bedroom. Like, they just seem to go... Like, they seem to embrace the fact that he's dead, so what trouble can they get in? <laughs> like, it's so insane. And it's all just like, I want to have sex with this woman from the office, so I'm not going to call the cops. It's like, what are you What are you guys doing? <laughs> You're horrible. <laughs> and then I think the other thing with Larry is more bizarre, because I think he quite enjoys touching Bernie now that he's led and manipulating him, because, like... After a lot of shenanigans at the of the after the party during the party, there's a whole lot of bullshit. But essentially, what they wake up after the party, and okay, they got away with it. Bernie was they pretended Bernie was alive. Everyone sort of bought it because he they just assumed he was a bit drunk. And even when he's falling over onto people and they're trying to move him so that the girlfriend doesn't see or the sort of girlfriend wants to say hello to Bernie, and they're like, "Shit, I better ditch you instantly. We must." move Bernie and accidentally drop him and throw him off the balcony and somehow they get away with all that and avoid catastrophe and then the next morning Larry gets up sets up a game of Monopoly puts puts a drink in Bernie's hand a cigarette in his mouth and ties his wrist to a string so they can wave and puppet him and he's fucking playing Monopoly with a corpse, what is wrong with him? <laughs> Yeah, that that was that was that made me feel bad. For <laughs> for who? The actors involved. The guy yourself watching it. <laughs> well, it's just like the thing with slapstick and extreme comedy is the risk. Um, the risk of what happens when someone doesn't find it funny. Is that they would be either appalled or sad or embarrassed. And I just, I just, I don't know, I felt dirty. And I was just like, you've got a corpse lashed to an umbrella. And we're meant to sympathise with you and, like, want you to succeed to some extent. You're playing Monopoly with him. And you're cheating. I mean, it, it, it is funny, but the main problem for me is if you, you know, it's quite implausible for anyone to decide to maintain their corpses alive for their own benefit. They have relatively no reason, at least for the most part, to do so. They don't want to get in trouble. Is that the explanation initially? They just they have well, to, I... to move him around because they'll be called in. They don't have a do you want to spend the weekend in in the in prison explaining things? Essentially, yeah, that's where Larry is coming from. Is that he set himself up for like three days, like you know, in the sun in a mansion, lots of beautiful women. So he's just like, uh, as soon as they get there, it's ruined. It's like, well, we'll just be spending the weekend talking to police officers now for essentially no reason because they don't know what happened. They just found a corpse. Yeah, it's like, um, oh, we just came here, he was dead, we think he overdosed, you know, we didn't, you know, do anything. Because mm. like, they don't know that they were going to get killed till a bit later on. So, I mean, even even if you go with Larry here and you go, okay, so we're going to pretend Bernie's fine so we can have a good time at the mansion. Stick his corpse in the bedroom. Yeah. Lock don't the door. Don't draw fucking attention to the corpse. Don't pick him up and walk him around. Chuck him in the bedroom, hang out all weekend, 
maybe nick some fucking valuables and go home, isn't it? Mm. Like, at some point, they do clock on to the fact that there is a hitman. Uh, oh, yeah, like, they find... Uh, they, they Answer for message. Of... Yeah, that's right, where it, it's, where it's made clear that, like, Bernie wants them dead. Um, so is then... That, it's... Is, sorry, we will get to that. Is there a bit before that where basically a woman has necrophilic sex with Bernie? Yes. Is that before they find out about the answer phone and this is yeah, it is that yeah, it's the it's like at the end of the, party. it's at the end of the party. Like um, uh, Richard finds him washed up on the beach and goes to get Larry and they put him in the bed, and then like the crazy girlfriend comes over. That's right, because Richard's date with his the corpse is just whatever. Who cares? And Richard's up a lighthouse pursuing this woman. And then he's making out with her on the beach or whatever, and then Bernie washes up because they just left a corpse about. Mm. And yeah, so they they that's when they chuck him in the bedroom, out of the way and stuff, as you say. Yeah, go on. I don't know. That's probably. And I think this is probably, probably the the funniest joke, because funniest again, or worst and most awful. Well, only because again, it's one of those ones where. It doesn't necessarily rely on the person being the dumbest person in the world, if you see what I mean. Because because no. the you know the the lights are out and he's in bed. What are you on about? And, and, but then we don't actually see anything that goes on. So then the comedy is like, oh, she, they're waiting for her to find out, and then she comes downstairs and she's like, I just had the best time of my life. So you're like, what? And because that that jokes in your imagination. It's a little funnier. In my imagination, is a woman drunk and in the dark is having sex with presumably Bernie's cold rigor mortis penis. <laughs> so she's jumped up and down on essentially a fucking born a like a dead man's erect penis somehow. Like it must be rigor mortis. She's had sex with a dead man who doesn't move and is cold and possibly rotting by now. And she doesn't notice he's dead and has the best sex ever with a penis that is dead and cold and hard. And that Hilarious. is Hilarious. What, <laughs> what did you what did you imagine? She's like playing fucking hanky panky like what other like they heavily imply she fucks a corpse and is happy about it and is so dim witted and drunk that that is normal love making for her. Well, that's part of the joke because, like, that's it's also so, saying that, it's so awful. That, that Bernie was also bad in bed in the first place. That like making love to a corpse is better than that. As a as a joke, yes, okay, I get it. But what are, what are we talking about? <laughs> like, how did that happen? Like, they they go like, what just happened? It's like, yeah, what just happened? That makes fucking zero point zero sense that that went down that way. Like. I I know I don't want to be like oh the comedy's dumb because it's not plausible but what are you talking about a woman ha- how is it funny <laughs> that a woman has sex with a corpse it's ruined my life now remembering that <laughs> Abby are you with Anthony here hilarious joke wasn't it the best bit or are you with me well I didn't like it but I didn't like any of the bits so that doesn't necessarily rank it any lower than the others. 
Oh, it's... You've reminded me of something that I wanted to mention, though. Yeah. Is the tangential side jokes that bother me the most. For example, they walked all the way up a lighthouse in order for him to fall down a lighthouse. Mm. Nothing happened before he fell down that lighthouse. It was... The entire purpose of the scene was for him to fall down a lighthouse. Yeah, it's odd to... Like, you have this one idea, which is the corpse will be pranged and hit, and it doesn't matter because he's dead, but he's, they're pretending he's alive. So the corpse is the thing to have all the slapstick happen, but to just have Richard like basically properly injure himself to get some sympathy, I guess. It's probably the only way that she could plausibly keep liking him, is just feeling sorry for him. That's true. So yeah, I mean, there are just odd bits of like side story jokes. And it's not like they have that bratty kid that just like at one point they're. I mean, it's a bit later on, but essentially they've got Bernie back in the house. He's covered in sand. They're trying to clean off the sand because he's been buried by this little shit that found him uh, off the edge of the balcony. And the kid comes in with like a toy gun, but it's the most realistic toy gun in the world because the, the bangs are implausibly real and it looks real and it sort of shits them up. Uh, and I like that they're not necessarily worried that this child who came in and made them think they were going to die... Uh, you know, they're, they're concerned because they've got scared and they hate this kid. But it's like, the kid might have seen the corpse, that's the big problem here. What if the kid goes and tells them there was a bald, like, sand-covered corpse in the middle of a living room? I guess Norman will believe him, I don't know. But there are a lot of, like, stupid side bits. But then it's a comedy, they want to jam in a bunch of jokes, right? It's fair enough. Mm. I guess. Oh, we, you, Anthony, you're going to explain the whole uh, answer machine discovering the money and the suicide note business, right? Yeah, so that's that's that comes. I think it's like just after the whole bit with uh, playing Monopoly and stringing his arm up. Uh, there, there, there is a little bit where he tries to confess to to Gwen, but uh, Larry's in the background, kind of like hiding the corpse, so that never goes anywhere yeah it's, it's um, really it's really, like it's basically richard does be, like admit the truth which he i guess he needs to so that he's not a complete liar the whole film but then she doesn't it's a weird thing to lie about but he's already said ah oh, that's why he said he's got a dead auntie so i can play in here and she's like you've already lied once about dead people but anyway like he does admit it and then like a cunt larry's like fuck this i'm gonna tip the fucking corpse off the balcony or whatever onto the sand so a ginger kid can bury him and we can forget about it for a bit again. Just leave the corpse. Oh, and also reprise of the Hitman joke where, like, the corpse lands on him and he thinks he's being, like, attacked and then ends up, like, what he thinks is strangling him to death. I'll give that, I'll give that a pass. That was funny. Mm. Well, yeah, everything with the Hitman, I think, was probably the most on point yeah, but but like Gwen thinks they're lying about him being dead now, but can't find him. Mm. I mean, I don't know. It's, it, everyone who finds out Bernie's dead basically doesn't react freaked out enough, really, in this film. But anyway, yeah, like, uh, so they check the answer phone because why? Oh, he's trying to use the phone, but he doesn't know how to get an outside line. It was harder in the eighties, in fairness. Computers, technology. Mm. These guys these guys work with computers for a living, but they can't operate a phone. But fair enough. And yeah, they, they find out 
because Bernie's a dickhead and uh, you know mentions murdering on the phone and gets a row off the mob uh, properly, so fair enough. But they they hear the answer phone, kill these two dogs that come into my house, make sure I'm not there, blah blah blah. Well, that's the crucial thing. Bernie's like, well, make sure I'm not there, so I'm not, you know, so I'm guilt free in this crime and have an alibi. And so the guys from this extrapolate, as long as Bernie's with us and looking as if he's alive, we can't mm. be murdered by the hitman. I'm sure there's no way <laughs> that could be a problem. And also they, they find like some money in the suicide note that they were like they were meant to have be gay lovers and have murder suicided each other and haha, gay jokes, eighties. Um mm. So that that becomes the main reason why they keep up the puppetry of the corpse. Because we're scared now. Yeah. <laughs> we're scared now and we have to keep Bernie looking alive while we escape the island. Is that the plan, more or less? Yeah, pretty much. Like 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 you said, like they think that if he's with them then they're they're safe. Um so they need to get off the island with him. Do they also try and nick the money or no? Is that just like I don't think, I don't that... think so. I don't think that comes up again. Because in Weekend at Buddies too, it's all about treasure and shit. Fresh, yeah. But uh, okay, so these two dorks are like, okay, we'll tie the shoelaces. If we tie the shoelaces of Bernie to us and walk this guy out, I mean, we, we've they've already sort of established, right? We pop sunglasses on him to stop his dead fish eyes staring out at the world, and we've, he's already in like a nice uh, kind of, you know, he's in casual beach wear, blue jacket. It's kind of. You know, he looks like he should be at a, a beach mansion, sure. So we're going to pop him arms round the shoulders, puppet his head in case it starts l- lolling the wrong way, and we're going to walk him out. And somehow he's not going to just fall limply out of the claws. <laughs> he's just, somehow he's going to come along like it's a three-legged race, right? Or a how many would it be? Five-legged race? No, Four. three-legged. Yeah, well, no, it's like yeah. there's three-legged, no, two one. people. Yeah, four-legged, yeah. One, two, three, four. Yeah, four. The maths checked there. But yeah, they... <laughs> they, they, is it they like, I like Bernie owns a little golf car that looks like a race car. Because <laughs> he's a ten-year-old boy. And they is that what they do first? They pop him in one of the golf car things and try and drive him off to... Like, what, what is the thing? Because they, they have a boat... They fail to get away in the car... They fail to get away in a boat. They can never seem yeah. to leave the mansion slash the island. Well, they're trying. Like, first of all, they're trying to. I think they're trying to catch the ferry. Like so they want to catch the ferry, so they're taking that little car there. But then, like a neighbor comes up with their own little golf cart thing and gives chase, and mm. that doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah, essentially, Bernie was getting phone calls from a neighbour about like oh like he's trying to sort out like he's a bit of a wanker so he wants a particular sports car and a particular glare. This prick sorted it out for him and he's trying to tell him about it, yeah. But they you know, they end up ducking and diving out the way of this dude, right? Mm. What what happens so they can't get on like I can't quite remember why They just they missed the they ferry. Just, yeah, they just got there too late. So they head back and uh get into more trouble with Bernie. Oh, they also realise... Because oh, they have a kind of thing where they go, oh shit, we get the key... We have, do they have to go back to the mansion to get the keys for the boat that Bernie owns, right? That's the idea as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they go back yes, that... there. 
Go on. Yeah, and that's when they start like knocking out the staff. Oh my god, yeah. Like, okay, <laughs> so cops rape earlier. Actually, could a cops ever give consent? I don't know. Um, so cops rape and the game of Monopoly with the cops are the two like worst things ever. But really, what Larry and Richard trying to murder two innocent guys who used to work for Bernie. Like, there's a gardener and, like, I don't know, some fucking homeless man who used to work for Bernie who was, like, under his house that Bernie mm. kicks up the arse or something. I don't know when he's alive. And so they come into the house and are like, Bernie, hello, or whatever. And then Richard just knocks them out with a lock and they lump them in the cupboard. And it's like, what the fuck are we doing? And it's it's just there so that like when they're trying to explain the corpse to later on, it's like, do we look like murderers? And they literally have been smashing people over the head with things and knocking them out like it's a fucking cartoon. So did, did you guys enjoy the bludgeoning of innocent bystanders? I think I know what didn't work for me. Okay. It's that they didn't ratchet up the energy and the sweat. In a farce, which is what this is, by the end, you're meant to be exhausted and it's meant to be so ridiculous. They panic a lot, they do, in fairness. But Larry in particular is very confident with the whole situation. That's the thing. There's this certain thing of in farce where if you're confident, you're setting yourself up for a fall. And he didn't fall. They got to they got to the end, and it was fine. It's particularly odd because okay, so a they didn't need to worry because when the police do get involved, it's quite clean cut. I mean, it does become more obvious Bernie was murdered. I mean, the problem will come really in the autopsy where they go, wait, he wasn't dead when they were shot. Something must. Have, he was poisoned before that, or strangled, or you know. Like, so there's going to be questions in a few we- weeks from now with these guys when they find out the real reason he's dead. Plus, I don't know when he's shot. He just. I mean, we haven't talked about the getting shot, but he's not bleeding out, is he? I mean, anyway, does anyone know the different ways that Rasputin was killed? Because this is starting to sound familiar to me. Wasn't he? He was yeah. either shot and stabbed and put in a trunk and thrown into a river, and, he, and they found water in his lungs, imply that he was still alive when he was like dead in a box in the river, right? Something like that. Something like that. Okay, so well, yeah, poison, I think he was poisoned and shot or stabbed <laughs> and then drowned. So the only one they didn't cover was the stabbing. I'm not sure shame. which one happens to Rasputin in fairness. <laughs> I mean, it would have been nice to reference Rasputin, I guess. Yeah. It'd have been quite good to see Rasputin at Bernie's, like, or weekend at Rasputin's, yeah. where they kind of puppet the corpse of Rasputin for a week after he's dead or something. Uh, anyway, that's one for the script pile there, Abby. <laughs> but the, 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 the annoying thing about these two douchebags is not that they've. Okay. Bernie, they didn't get any trouble for Bernie's death. It technically wasn't their fault. But they did bludgeon in full sight. Like, it was, like they knocked the guys out that were just handymen or whatever without them realising. But when they burst out the cupboard later, they get hit in, uh, over the head with bottles and knocked out again. It's like, how are they not pressing charges for assault at this point? At the, they're sitting down being talked to by the police or the ambulance men or whatever. 
when everything's resolved, and yet they I guess they both have amnesia from the being knocked out twice. Is that what we're meant to believe? I don't think it's that so much. I think it's that there's a certain flowchart that needs to be followed in this investigation, and it's first the murder investigation. How did he die? Who killed him? Then it's the assault charges and anything else. It has to come afterwards. So that will be dealt with. But first, there's a body. They have to know what happened to it. Yeah, essentially, maybe they get... Like, the guys go to hospital, the the gardener and the other guy, and they're not quite sure. They're a bit dazed and confused. They've been bludgeoned twice in one day. Their, bo- the, their boss is dead. They, they're confused. They go to hospital, and then later on, they go, oh, yeah, we were knocked out by those two blokes that were in Bernie's house, presumably robbing him of his money or whatever they were there for. And then also, the autopsy comes back and they've got all these weird other reasons why Bernie was dead before he was shot. Also, didn't you say that one of them was a vagrant? Because it could be that if he pipes up too much about stuff that he's going to get arrested for vagrancy. Well, I don't know. He sort of had a sleeping bag and was under Bernie's house and was fired, I think. I don't really know what he was doing. But yeah, there's a whole lot of fallout that does not happen in Weekend at Bernie's too. Because there's much more silly cops nonsense that needs to happen again. Actually, it was very sweet earlier. Abby asked me who was dead in Weekend at Bernie's 2, and I was like, it's still Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Bernie's cop is not not done having been fucked around with. I like, just like the idea that, well, obviously, plausibility goes out the window. There has to be another corpse that gets puppeted. Can't just be Bernie again. He's rotting. Yeah. Oh, but dear. back to like what Abby said, like I think you're right. It doesn't quite like the comedy doesn't quite build up the way it should. Like, like a crescendo. It, yeah, it certainly has. Um, you know, it, it does go from moment to moment, but they there isn't enough of them almost being found out. If you know what mm. I mean, because yeah, that's yeah, that's where like the the proper kind of tense comedy should come from uh, and there's there's not that much of it most of it is just them carting around a lifeless body and it getting it, it into weird situations but like it's being not... washed up on the beach or then being dragged across on the boat with the boat thing right a lot of the comedy isn't I mean obviously it's the excuse to use the boat is to drag a corpse behind the boat and twat it into like Thingies or boys or whatever they're called. So they 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 tie Bernie to the back of the speedboat and like you know of course Larry's confident he could drive even though he can't. And so they're trying to drive this boat around the harbour and crashing into people. And a lot of the comedy is just about Richard falls out of the boat or Larry can't drive. It's like none of this is like we're worried about the cops being an obvious corpse. That doesn't that doesn't seem to bother them. That's the thing, they got blasé about the corpse, and then the audience gets blasé about the corpse, and that's your, that's that's it done with then. All the airs come out of it, because everyone's like, oh, who cares, he's dead. No, like, you get, it's like, it's never going to be genuinely spotted as being a corpse, so it's, fuck it, let's just twat him about wherever we go and not worry about it, and not have a, I mean, I'm not saying they have to have respect for someone who essentially wanted them dead, but it does, it, there's no tension in it because, oh, we, we know that whatever happens to Bernie is going to be dumb and they're going to get away with it because that's the idea. So they just shit around in the speedboat 
doing slapsticky gags where Birdie's rolls out of the boat and they don't notice and then they you know like I say they twat they drive him into loads of dinghies and people notice he's hanging out the back and he's like splashing around the water but I guess they assume he's water skiing and he's fallen maybe but they run out of petrol of course and have to use Bernie as a float to swim back and uh, can never leave this mansion of death um but it's just basically a, an excuse to dick around in a boat with some. They had some gag ideas and stunts they wanted to do. I guess they were half funny, but like like you guys say, no stakes at all, really. Yeah. Do you reckon it would have been funnier if they went like proper dark and like the corpse started like losing limbs and stuff like that? Well, his body would be shattered. Like, yeah, <laughs> it like okay. So at one point he gets shot, but before that he's like limbs are broken. You couldn't even puppet his corpse in a convincing way because the bones would just be broken in his skin sack. It, like I don't know why it's a weirdly bloodless corpse that doesn't like nothing falls out of him. Like he's been in the sea, he'd be all soppy and weird. And yeah, it's his... because this is a fifteen. That's why. <laughs> So mm, I was going to say, like, what's the rating? <laughs> yeah, he, he's not a corpse. He's not a human corpse. He's a crash test dummy. That's the thing. I think that would be more plausible if they tried to pretend a crash test dummy they dressed up was real. <laughs> like, that would be at least you can... You know, so... If he gets a limb ripped off or a foot goes missing or something, like a shark eats him... Like, I think a shark does bite him in number two. Mm. But he's he's a very sturdy corpse. After death, he's, like, the toughest guy ever, isn't he? And they staple the wig back on, like they find out he's bald and he has a wig, and they oh, just yeah. staple it back. And this, like, he really goes through quite a lot of things that would, you know, wear any normal human being out. You're right, but it's Bernie. He's but, lovable but, at that point. Yeah, it's just I'm just imagining now, just like a really dark comedy where like the corpse is actually being mutilated at every step. So his, um, his arm comes off, and then Larry has to stick his arm through Bernie's jacket to act as his real arm or something. Yeah, kind of. Or, like, they at some point, they have to just, like, stick his arm around a corner or something to convince someone that he's there or something. Well, they do a little bit of that kind of thing. I mean, if you want to get real dark, it should have been like, okay, Larry's hiding under Bernie, and then the girlfriend, uh, the, like, the woman he's having an affair with comes in and has sex with Larry while dead Bernie's on him he's like pretending to be like uh, you know what I mean like that's that, I mean that would even be making more sense at least it would be a warm penis that she felt inside her instead of this fucking cold man's dick oh Jesus but I, I don't know it's kind of dark but it's like it's, it, it takes itself so unseriously you forget that it's quite a dark thing that's happening I think mm. but, you're, you're, but I'm saying what if they just what if they truly embraced the darkness of the situation? Would it have been would it have been funnier? Not funnier. <laughs> Just worse. It was pretty mm. bad anyway, but like I don't know what you could do. Like I guess like his jaw comes off, like I don't know. Like it, No. I th- they want it to be like the whole the the end thing essentially is Um So after all this pratting around and slapstick bullshit they've Pumbled and 
lost and refound Bernie's corpse again and again. And the frustrated con man has seen him at various times, either on the boat, in the car, wandering around with these guys. And this, like, Italian-American greaseball hitman is like, fuck this. And he's lost his temper, and he comes in and he shoots Bernie, who's uh, been propped up on the stairs. Uh, That's the other thing. When they eventually convince Gwen, like, Gwen sees the boys coming out of the sea, like, holding up Bernie, pretending he's walking. And she's like, alright, I'm going to investigate. And she's like, what, where is Bernie? And then Larry just comes, drags his corpse down and is like, there, it's Bernie. See, look. And he just picks his head up and shows her. It's like, they've become so, like, blasé about the corpse now. It's just, oh, fuck it, it's just a corpse, don't worry about it. Look, Gwen, be traumatised. <laughs> and she accepts it reasonably. She's freaked out, but, you know. But anyway, Bernie's propped up there now. The The protagonists have come clean with Gwen at least and uh, the hitman comes back exasperated and shoots him in broad daylight in the chest to make sure he's dead and then just he becomes inept because even though he has a backup gun, he's out of bullets he sees the three other people standing there tries to kill them with his other gun ha 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 maniacal laugh but (laughs) misses entirely they run around and somehow the two knobheads who can't do anything right manage, like, basically, Larry ties him up with a phone cable and knocks him oh, out. yeah. I was trying to remember how he did that. I'm like, oh, yeah. He, the the phone cord. It, for me, it's it's too heroic for Larry. Larry's such a shithead and such a loser. He shouldn't be able to knock out a hitman. Mm. He doesn't fit with the stakes and the, the type of characters they are. You agree with me, Abby, right? Yeah, that's the thing. And I also don't think, like, he's a shithead, but he's also the biggest slacker. So mm. unless he was gonna, unless he was gonna, like, um, home alone the guy, I don't see how he really stood a chance against a professional hitman, yeah, like comedic he re- as he was. He ran plus out of bullets given, and. Go on. Plus, given, like, the narrative arc of both of the. The, the, of the guys, it should have been like Richard who kind of like stepped up because he's been the like the meeker one all yeah, the way exactly. through. They kind of already like blew that load, if if you will, when he like knocks out um, like the other two men because yeah. that's then that's his moment of like um, you know um, impetus, if you will. But he's murdering innocent people while knocking them out, so he's assaulting strangers, thinking that they're like potential hitmen. So it should have been instead of like Richard is just fucking around with this lamp that he's going to hit this guy with, and meanwhile Larry has somehow quite funnily like tied up this guy with a cord and then just punches him out after saying like put your hands up or whatever, and so it should if it had been the other way where Richard is the one to finally man up and Larry is just there oh I should hit him over the head but I, I uh, you know too shit and much of a like like slacker, loser, whatever, or meek. or no, We're not meek, but like, you know, he should have been the one not to do anything and Richard should have saved the day. Plus, he'd look good in front of Gwen then, wouldn't he? Saved her life or whatever. Mm. But nope, they fucked that up. Um, but it's okay. The murder has happened visibly enough so that when the police turn up, it's all open and shut. It doesn't matter there's two guys locked in a cupboard. It doesn't it doesn't matter all the unexplained DNA everywhere. It doesn't matter what's gone on. The important thing is the hitman could be carted off to jail. 
I like the fact that he thinks Bernie's still alive because Bernie's always lying in ways to make him look sli- slightly like. Is it loche? Is that the word? What's the word? He's just sort of aloof. Is that it? Bernie always relax. Whatever yeah. he's lying about or sitting about, he's always looks as cool as fuck. Which is weird because the alive Bernie seems quite highly strung. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah, you know, we have the wrap up where it just comes out of nowhere where it's like, okay. Gwen doesn't mind that her potential new friends are murderers. Well, they're not murderers. She doesn't think they're murderers, but they've been playing with a corpse that she's aware of, lying to her. Bernie's dead and was her employer, and she's freaked out. But it's okay. She's going to date Richard in future anyway, and uh, there's no big deal. The two people assaulted in the cupboard, they're going to just go to hospital. All's well that ends well. Let's go sit on the beach and wait for Bernie's corpse to fly out of the back of an ambulance, down a ramp, and land there. And that woman from earlier could be like, Hi, Bernie! And they're like, Whoa, Bernie's alive and sitting on the beach again! We can't escape! Bernie's somehow more alive when he's dead. (laughs) Which is the classic way to end an 80s and 90s comedy, right, guys? Screaming. Screaming. That's how you ended it, didn't you, Abby? You were screaming for the end to come. Now, by then, I'd reached a sort of stupor. You were dead, like, but we just should have popped some glasses on you. <laughs> Pop How did you? Them? You, just, you needed to either fake tint my lenses or give me some sunglasses. But, you know, you you did well, Abby. You came to life again and managed to, <laughs> you know, bother with some negativity and <laughs> explanations in the end. It's okay. I mean, is there? I I I don't outright think it's terrible. I think it's stupid and implausible, mm. but it does succeed in being funny at times. Whether it's how audacious it is, like sometimes you're laughing at how fucking stupid everything is, and sometimes it's the the gentler comedy of just the way Bernie gets propped up to look as if he's real or lol. Like the little touches, like where you know people seem to fall into situations where Bernie seems alive or where the corpse does the right little move to be funny or I guess the, there are little things like Bernie when he's alive is putting his arms around the two guys and saying listen guys you're going to come to my like weekend beach house and then that's mirrored then when they're sort of running around with him he's got they got to put his arms around so there's little things that have nuance and funny moments and there's little touches of comedy as well as Blatant stupidity. So I, I, so I'm not mad at this film. I, but it did surprise me how fucking dumb it was. I don't know. Why. Yeah, I, I, I agree with your sentiment, pretty much entirely. It's a weird thing to say about the film, but it's harmless enough, <laughs> I suppose. It's. But then we, I think, me and you do have a slight tinge of nostalgia for it. Whereas Abby definitely has none of that. So maybe her her opinion (laughs) might be slightly more grounded than ours. (laughs) Yeah, we're like visiting an old dead relative (laughs) in a graveyard. No, but we're, you know, we're... I don't know, I think generally more forgiving. If something doesn't make you laugh, that's it then. You're kind of out, aren't you? Well, yeah, it failed its objective. 
would you say it's offensively bad or so? It's not you know it wasn't so bad it was good for you, but like it isn't like awful. It was, it was a cup of tea problem. I admit that it's not my cup of tea. Other people might like it. Those people aren't me. I mean, you know, you still you got some sins in there. You like Crocodile Dundee, and I think we covered that isn't without its problems. But we found redeeming features in that as well. Um, mm. I think I think this film is too farces lack depth by definition. And you kind of need some protagonists you can root for to make you enjoy it then, don't you? And I think the big mm. problem is these guys are dickheads and deserve to have worse things happen to them. I know technically speaking they didn't do anything other than manipulating a corpse. They didn't actually do anything wrong. That's pretty bad though, isn't it? Lying to the police? Uh, but yeah. I feel like there should have been... Assault? Just still more self-loathing for the corpse book. Like, Richard had it most of the time. He was like, this is wrong, we shouldn't be doing this. But because Larry, was... yeah. he did not give two fucks the entire time. It it hurt, and it, it felt wrong. It would be like if in Home Alone... The the burglars got out of it at the end. I guess I know it's not quite like that. It, I don't know. It's just this weird problem of they were you know they were thrown into the situation. They were good guys. They found a flaw. One of them found you know corruption, and it's not like they were t- going to take down Bernie. They were invited along and were patsies to the whole situation. So they fell into the situation. But they actively made it worse. They didn't have anything happen to them and luckily, you know, didn't get in trouble or killed at the end. They made loads of terrible, awful decisions and had felt no consequences. So it didn't feel mm. right for them to get their cake and eat it too. But they, there's, there's more crimes to be had, guys. Weekend at Bernie's mm. 2 has to be done at some point. And these boys are not through with their awful, awful decisions yet. Look forward to that. Does it have to be done now? Not, not now. Does it? It does have to be done at some point. We can't, we can't leave the story unfinished. Well, there's, there's Ooh. animal sacrifices and stuffing corpses in suitcases, voodoo, voodoo and dancing, buried treasure under the sea, harpoons. It's fabulous. All <laughs> to look forward to. But for now, let's just come up with some metaphors to say, hey. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Before, before we do that, I feel like we need to give some props to the guy who played Bernie. Um, his name is uh, Terry Kaiser, and only because, he, like, I'm just going through his his repertoire, and he, like these are like the biggest things really that he's done. And I feel like when when you're the best actor on there, and you're just a corpse, like that's that's a feat worth like praising. The comedy that works best is him. Like, every time, mm. it's the way he behaves, which isn't doing nothing. But there are subtle movements and things. And look, He has to keep a dead eye in his face. Uh, he has to keep looking dead behind the eyes, but in a comical way. And it, it really, oh, my really God. Funny. What, he, he, was the, he was the bad guy in Mannequin on the Move. Wow. Okay. Mm. There's a lot of dots joining <laughs> up now. <laughs> Oh, that's that's uh, Abby might know this. He also played um, H.G. Wells in uh, Lois and Clark, the uh, the New Adventures of Superman. 
he's definitely in more than one episode as H.G. Wells. Because, mm. you know, different show, I suppose. But Lois and Clark got weird. Is that <laughs> is that one of Superman's villains, H.G. Wells? Or like Lex no. Luthor and stuff was more the thing? There's, there's uh, an inordinate amount of time travel in that show uh, towards the later seasons. And H.G. Wells was actually a recurring character. Of course he was. I mean, Sherlock, <laughs> Sherlock Holmes is usually the one to turn up in every other story. Mm. Maybe he did, I don't know. But yeah, you're right, though. I think this guy... Uh, it's his most known work, I think. Um, yeah. It's, well, it's... yeah, I'm looking at his stuff now and there's nothing, like I said, other than Mannequin 2 that I recognise. I guess. Like, there's not that many situations where you need, need a guy who can pretend play dead really well. I mean, maybe casualty or something. It could be bodies in body bags. I think it'd be really good if you turned up in loads of like serious crime things as just like a cop. <laughs> like, like I don't know if you'd be on X Files or something or CSI. <laughs> like, just here's a dead guy and it's Bernie in his like blue jacket with his mustache and glasses. I think that would mm-hmm. be fun. I'd have to do, if I was making TV shows, I would definitely like get him along to do that. But yeah, no, fair play to him. Like, you know. It, it is a, it is a triumph of sorts. Mm. And now that we're onto the metaphors, I feel like this an obvious one. Oof. But uh, <laughs> well, it's a, it's a dead horse. Yeah, I was like, gonna say. I, I was I, if you'd have let if I'd have given it, like I was gonna guess, and I thought no, I'll let you say. But yeah, it's flogging a dead horse. Yeah, because pretty much it's like there's one joke, and they just doing it again and again and again. But maybe instead instead of just like a, a grim horse corpse, it's maybe like I don't know. Would it would it be a unicorn make it worse or better? It's a unicorn corpse with sunglasses on that's being <laughs> flogged in as many different and fun ways as possible. <laughs> on the beach, loads of kids are flogging the horse. They're burying the dead unicorn in the sand or whatever. They're getting as much out of the... They're going to flog this horse as many fun, silly ways as they can. And then completely cover up the fact that it was morbid, disgusting and immoral. <laughs> so, yeah. Is that is that what you want to say? It's, it's that. Yes, essentially. Like, but, uh, like, but you know, it's it's got some... Like you said, like you know, it did make me laugh at certain places, and it did have suitably off the wall moments. So it's not just a horrible corpse; it's a slightly flamboyant horse corpse. Uh, I will say that the phrase "to flog a dead horse" it is funny. Like it's a bit old; it's a bit of an old saying. Uh, but you know, the the person who originally coined that was quite witty. It's like a it's like a little funny, haha, of course. Uh, a, a dead horse can't trot along when you flog it. You know, it's pointless and a, and a waste of time. And you, you know, like I, like it's a, it's a witty saying at least. So there's that. Do you have any uh, dead metaphor or corpse-based euphemism you want to use here, Abby? I was thinking more. A really, I need a really popular sequel franchise. That is Transformers. <laughs> where they've somehow rehashed the same idea over and over again, yet it has appeal to a certain demographic. 
but crucially that demographic is little boys not me and not you (laughs) little boys with uh childhoods and nostalgia uh like grown-up people can have nostalgia for them and little boys can get into it but grown adult women are like fucking grow up (laughs) so it's kind of like the it's like transformers isn't it it's not for everyone but some people are gonna fucking love it to bits aren't they Okay, uh, on that note, loving things to bits, for me it's like an old teddy bear that is well-loved, but now awful. <laughs> like, you, yeah. you have a kind of, oh, I played with that teddy so much, it was great, it really entertained me as a child. And then you like you go to your mum's house and go up in the loft and find it again, and it is a worn-out corpse of a bear <laughs> that's terrifying <laughs> and awful and just not suitable to be played with anymore. <laughs> But it brought you love and joy at one point. It's just, it's damaged and wrong now. <laughs> so that's what Weekend at Bernie's is for me. It's a piece of the past that I love, but upon scrutinising, kind of sickened by. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> Let's just pop it back in the loft and find that other t- teddy bear, Weekend at Bernie's too, and play with that. I'm surprised, really, it's taken this long to get around to it, if I'm being honest, because... We've talked about this film a number of times before. On the podcast, and, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's been clear, bloody spoiler-filled fodder. I think so, it's, it's a touchstone. I, 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 our... Yeah, I'm glad we finally got around to it, really. See, glad, Abby. He's glad we got round to it. Not pissed off and annoyed. Mm. It, it, it's been coming for a while, I think. So has Bernie's missus. She's been coming for a while with that stone-cold penis inside her <laughs> Jesus anyway um, bye <laughs> bye some like uh-huh. it hot oh some like it cold mm-hmm. some don't give a shit oh Bernie we fuck <laughs>